every week is a smash hit with the NFL on CBS. Featuring games filled with drama, famous leading men, and the hottest young stars. We can't wait to see you this season on CBS. What's up, Dickies? It is Monday morning, cloudy Monday morning here in Los Angeles. Not mad at it because last week is about 110. So it's nice to get a little, little different temp gauge. We're finally falling into fall. Bring it on. Favorite holiday is Halloween. Kids' favorite holiday is Halloween. We're doing a Star Wars theme this year. My son picked my outfit without my, me knowing, and it, the outfit showed up to the crib yesterday from Amazon. And I am not Luke Skywalker. It's a Star Wars theme. I think my son's R2-D2, and little Boston is Baby Yoda, which can be cute as shit. Can't wait for that. I'm the guy with the with, with the the with the braid in his hair. Who is that? I don't follow Star Wars. I mean, at dude, all. to be honest, that when the outfit came, it just looked like some shitty like secondhand All Saints outfit. The guy with the braid, what's his name? He's braid like the main alien? dude. Oh, this dude? Yeah, that's me right there, dog. That shit's gonna be lit. See how he's a scarf and shit. It just looks like an All Saints outfit. <laughs> but I guess it's gonna be Star Wars. Love Halloween. Girl gets the house popping. Kids get all scared. Boss, give me a baby Yoda. It's going to be a little shit. Um, fresh off the plane from San Antonio, Texas. Tell you what, man. I love Texas. Absolutely love Texas. Obviously, all, all my friends moved to Austin. And I get it. Austin's cool. Austin's great. But, uh, you know, I just, uh, I love San Antonio. If I was to move to Texas, it'd be San Antonio. I just love it's almost a small town feel, even though it is a bigger city. I mean, obviously not as big as Houston or Austin or Dallas, but there's just something that I love about San Antonio. I freaking love it, man. Had a great time out there. Bud Light Event Center was a big one for your boy. First time playing that type of venue. It's like outdoor-ish. Um, you know, we had custom gear for uh, the San Antonio show, specifically that show, because it's such a big show, so we did it custom thick boy spurs gear well what you don't realize is you know when it when i do clubs it doesn't matter i could put a freaking lebron james face on a shirt and sell it it's clubs it doesn't you know you're not selling online but when you do these big arenas and outdoor arenas stuff like that which are tied to the nba like the spurs and your merch shows up and they go hey dumbass you have a spurs logo on this they go yeah isn't it great they go it's not you can't sell this I went, what? It's an hour before the show. I wish someone gave me a heads up before. They went, yeah, we don't know what to tell you. You can't sell this. I went, no, nah, we're selling it. They said, cool, you can sell it, but we're going to sue you. I went, you know what? I'm not going to sell it. <laughs> they did give me an authentic Spurs jersey, uh, misspelled thick on there, but whatever. That was the way the night went. Had a charity event before that, the showdown downtown uh, to raise awareness for kidney disease and all this other stuff. That's me at the Alamo. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was weird. Is, is really weird. The Alamo is not that exciting. It is just a building. <laughs> it is just a single building. Um, it just looks like an empty restoration hardware. But we went there. And then, yeah, I had the, the charity before that. And, uh, man, it, it didn't hit me till I got there. It was just a lot in one day to do the charity and then have an hour before the show. It was just a lot. Your boy bit off more than he can chew. It was just a lot. Your boy had anxiety through the roof. But we hit the marker. Their goal was 200,000 uh, donations as I was doing the Q&A, and we hit well over 300,000. So shout out to everybody who donated for the showdown awesome. downtown. It's a great cause. Um, 
and then also I flew out my boy George. You've seen George on King of Sting, and he uh, he was the gentleman who, if you remember him, Cheney called in. He was like four hundred something pounds, yep. four hundred seventy pounds, and he said, "Man, I'm gonna get down to two forty or two fifty, and I want to wrestle Stevie." And uh, Nick flew him out because he got down to two fifty, I think, or two forty. He did it, and then uh, he was just so inspirational and such a positive dude. And dude, you want to talk about a kid who? It doesn't, you know, there's not, I'm sure there's a million people out there like this, but, you know, until you, uh, till it slaps you in the face, you don't really have to deal with it. But you want to talk about a kid who has every reason not to go on with his life. And you, you talk about hard times. He lives about outside of Chicago. Um, brother, I think two brothers overdosed on heroin, both passed away. Uh, father did so many drugs. He is basically handicapped, so he has to take care of his dad. His mom works 15-hour shifts every day. His other sister is uh, likes herself some heroin, too, so she doesn't have her daughter. And so he has to take care of that little kid. Jeez. So, yeah, and he gets a government check. So you're just talking about a kid who has every reason to, uh, you know, just phone it in and go down the same path that his dad or his brothers did who passed away. And he doesn't. This kid has so much potential, so much energy and his personality is through the roof yep. and he's so positive so uh yeah we flew him out to san antonio he's never stayed in a in a hotel before so we put him up at the hotel emma shout out to my boy bill at hotel emma not only did they give him a room they gave him the master suite so it was like home alone two in that bitch remember when he stole his parents credit card and like bought the suite at that giant crib in uh <laughs> new york it was basically that and uh my boys uh kyle and peter covered all of it and he was living like a king, man. And they went from the, he spent all day at the hotel doing his thing. God knows what. He had a robe on and shit. <laughs> had his titties out by the pool. And was eating all the good food, even though he's keto. He kept keto. And when I say keto, this we went to dinner after the show at the yard house. And there was, you know, I was trying to tempt him, see how realistic he was about keto. Because you know when people say they're keto and then you get around, you know, like sweets and stuff or good food. They they cheat. This kid did not cheat. He had freaking uh spinach artichoke dip in front of him he had freaking salsas just what it you know all the temptations of the world and he stuck by it he had a spinach and chicken salad man so he walks the walk and the, oh, the yeah. kid looks damn good he didn't know i was gonna bring him on stage but bottom out there man just trying to put some motivation behind the kid man because I, I i think a lot of people could use that so mm -hmm. he's just such a good kid man give him give him some love man it's at george harris 48 if you send him hate, I'm going to find you, and I'm going to piss down your throat. How about that? I know you won't say this, but he credits you for changing his life and mm. motivating inspiring him. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's cool, man. Super yeah, it was just cool. a great, great weekend, man. It was such a fun weekend. Ate good food, the best breakfast tacos I've ever had in my life. Had the best barbecue. This Alamo uh, barbecue spot was fantastic. It was just a great time, man. Sweet. I just love, love San Antonio. Favorite hotel in the world's out there, that Hotel Emma. Mm. It's just a special place, man. I fucking love Texas. I love San Antonio especially. So shout out to all you guys who came out. That was a big one for your boy. And then, uh, yeah, man, I'm in Denver this week. Mama, I'm coming home. That's why I'm rocking uh, my favorite Rockies hat right now. This Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's just like when I used to fight in Denver. Everyone, their aunt is blowing me up for comp tickets. I only get a few each show, guys. Just go online and buy them for God's sake. <laughs> Support. They go to my close family, and the rest of you can kick rocks. Um, but, yeah, that's this Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the Comedy Works, one of the best clubs in the world. And the crew's with me. 
I got Backflip Lacey. I got Justin. I got David Lucas. Big J Shab will be there. Kyle will be there. The whole squad will be there. So I'm looking forward to that one, man. Denver's the only city where I asked them to do press. Because you got to remember, I grew up, born and raised there. And the, the big radio stations in Denver are still, they're big, man. And people still listen to them. But they're all my friends. I came up with them. So when I was fighting like Ring of Fire or when I was playing football at University of Colorado, we would do uh, interviews with all these people. Talk, like uh, Willie on 106.7 KBPI, Scott Hastings is a close friend of mine, Alfred Williams, all the guys, man. So it's the one spot where I'll do all the press in the world because that's how I see my friends. So I can't wait to get out there Thursday, man. But I'll be doing press Friday. I think I have press tomorrow morning on KBPI with Willie and the crew and Kathy at 6 a.m. my time. You guys are the only people in the world besides my kids I'd wake up for at 6 a.m. to talk to. So that should be fun, man. Again, that's this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, hometown, Denver, Colorado, Comedy Works downtown. And then uh, next week's Las Vegas, Nevada, Wise Guys. A uh, brand new club out there, right? Uh, in uh, it's in downtown Vegas. Not off. It's off the strip. It's kind of for the locals, which I cannot wait because Keith from Wise Guys in Utah just opened up the club. That's October seventh through the ninth. That's gonna be a big one. Then Brea is October fifteenth through the seventeenth. Uh, love Brea, one of the best clubs in the world. And then super special uh, weekend coming up in Dallas, Texas. I'll give more info as we get closer. That's Dallas. Texas, Dallas Improv, November 11th through the 13th. So get your tickets, man. It's, it's, a, it's a fun time. F-A-T-K-Z.com. Uh, let's get in the fights. I saw damn near all of them just the way it worked out uh, playing in San Antonio. My boy George had it on his cell phone. He goes, man, this is what I can do for you. I get the fights on my phone. I said, you are a goddamn thick <laughs> angel, sir. You are a thick keto angel, and I bless you for this because usually we have to get pretty uh, – Creative to watch the fights in the green room there. And uh, saw all of it for UFC 266. Um, I told you guys those those prelims were going to be fucking fire. Uh, that Murab Delavishvili. Delavishvili. Yep. Versus mm-hmm. Marlon Marais. Fantastic. One of the best rounds of the year. Dan Hooker versus Nazrat. Both of them weighed in, jumping off the plane. I think they're about 12. They landed and they had 12 hours to make weight. Both deserve some sort of bonus just for making weight and then deserve bonus for making it in the octagon. And then Dan Hooker deserves all the bonus money for uh, getting a victory. He is such a badass, man. Yeah. He's such a goddamn badass. I hopefully, I, hopefully they give him a little more change in his uh, bank account after going through all that. And, you know, with the New Zealand laws and stuff like that, he got it done, man. And he, he, he was the highlight of the prelims. That main event on the prelims is great, but Dan Hooker and all the shit he's been through, and obviously Nazrat lost his mom, so yeah. there's a lot going into that fight, but uh, I am a Dan Hooker fan, man. The whole team showed up that night. Pay-per-view kicked off, Jessica Andrade, Cynthia Calvillo. Um, this was a big moment for Cynthia Calvillo because if she would have won, she would have fought uh, uh, Shevchenko. Um, Shevchenko really doesn't have uh, a clear opponent of what's next. So it's kind of like you just, you're this contender, you win a bunch of fights, just get beat up by Shevchenko. That's your award for going on a streak. You get dominated by Shevchenko. Cynthia Calveo was supposed to be the next one. We've seen her fight Jessica Andrade. Jessica Andrade, aka the OnlyFans queen, doing the goddamn thing, <laughs> look fantastic. I guess I'll watch her versus Shevchenko again. We've seen it, but what else are you going to do? My boy Curtis Blades, Aurora's finest, Rosenstruck. Curse Blades was on my DraftKings uh, parlay pick because it was 
probably the safest pick besides Shevchenko, who, listen, if anybody's giving me betting picks and they give you Shevchenko, just tell them to kick rocks. I mean, yeah, no shit, dude. That's not fun. But with Curtis Blades, obviously, you know, the chink in his arm is when he fights strikers and gets clipped. Um, and I I don't know if it's out there. I'm, I'm sure it is, uh, and I'm sure the UFC brass isn't completely thrilled with Curtis Blades because this fight's not going to knock your hair back. But, you know, Rosenstruck is the much more well-rounded striking uh, fighter out of the two, and Curtis Blades is the much more well-rounded grappler out of the two. Whenever you have a striker versus grappler, if the grappler can avoid, you know, getting hit, he's going to win 99 times out of 100, and that's what happened here. Now, Curtis Blades has had some issues when he's fought strikers like Derek Lewis, like Francis Ngannou, where he does get clipped. And I think that's more of him with the ego, him thinking he can strike with these guys. With Rodenstruck, he just didn't play that game. He just kept taking him down over and over. And it's not going to get you to a title shot, but it is going to get you half your paycheck, which is all that really matters. And with a guy like Curtis Blades, they're going to keep throwing him guys, but there's no one who can contend with his wrestling skills unless they clip him. I know he's not the most interesting guy in the world, and you know he talks about how this can be a boring fight or stuff, stuff like that, and he's going to play it safe. But you, you almost got to become undeniable. Now, that hasn't worked out for a lot of guys that do that, but I don't know what else Curtis Blades is going to do. Obviously, they're going to press you, pressure you into being a striker and being entertaining. But if you're Curtis Blades and you're that dominant at wrestling, stick with it, man. Because I'm sure you're getting all the pressure on social media. I'm sure your manager goes, hey, I, I talked to the brass, man. They, they kind of want you to stand a little more. Don't listen to it, man. Keep winning. Become undeniable. Keep racking up the wins. Keep getting your full paycheck. And eventually you get there. It's going to be a tough road. You're going to crawl through some shit like Andy Dufresne and Shawshank Redemption. You're going to crawl through some shit. You're going to grapple your way through some shit. But if you win enough, they have no choice but to give you a title shot. Because if you're going to sit there and try to please the UFC brass, you're going to get clipped, you're going to lose half your paycheck, and then you're really fucked. So if I'm Chris Blades, I keep doing what got me to the dance. I keep taking these bitches down. And uh, they just can't compete with it. And I, I don't get the complaint. It's like... Rosenstruck dominated uh, in striking, so he wants to keep it on the feet. Curtis Blades dominates in grappling. He wants to take it to the ground. He, whoever puts together the more dominant game plan is going to win that fight. All right. It's on Rosenstruck. That's, that fight wasn't fun because of Rosenstruck. He can't grapple. He can't stop a goddamn takedown. What do you want Curtis Blades to do? Go and fucking coach him? What do you want him to do, man? In 2021, mental health is finally a thing, and thank God, man, because so many people, I got a lot of friends struggling right now. I know you guys got family members and friends struggling right now. They don't feel like their normal selves. They need somebody to talk to. Not you. You got your own problems. I'm talking about a real professional. You know who helps with that? A professional therapist. Therapy helps with all of this, man. It doesn't have to be just sitting around talking about your feelings. So what is therapy exactly? What is it? It's whatever you want it to be. You can privately talk to someone if you feel like it. Uh, if you're not dealing well with stress or you're having relationship issues, they got you covered, man. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles. Start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. Now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you for help. BetterHelp helps you guys. BetterHelp is customized online therapy from professionals that offer video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see one on camera if you don't want to. But we also have that. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Start communicating with your therapist under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you because you are your greatest asset. 
This episode of Below the Belt is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Below the Belt listeners and viewers get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash belt. That's better, B-E-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P, dot com slash belt. Basically, the main event of the night uh, was Robbie Lawler, Nick Diaz. You know, I uh, I have some friends who are close with Nick Diaz and who are Nick Diaz fans. And leading up to the fight, watching his interviews, I, I sent them the interview that he did. I think it was with Brett Akamoto. Um, and I just said, man, he just seems off. Mm-hmm. And everyone goes, no, that's Nick Diaz, dude. I'm like, no, no, I, I know the whole, I'm scared to fight. I don't care. You know, fuck this. I don't like talking. I get all that. That's his shtick and that's real. And that's Nick Diaz. Just something seemed off the whole time. Something seemed off. And then what should have made you even more concerned is they had to fight at 85 and not 70. And that wasn't because of Robbie Lawler. That's because of Nick Diaz. And then what should make you even more concerned is the five-round fight after taking six years off. So there's all these red flags. And we're just like, that's Nick Diaz. He'll get it done. It's Nick Diaz. He'll get it done. It's Nick Diaz. He's going to perform. But I think in hindsight, as we look back, these were in our face, man. All these red flags were in our face. And he still went out there and put on a show. And what bothered me is people like, oh, he quit. He didn't quit. You're, you're such a, a short-sighted thinker if that's your takeaway from a Nick Diaz fight. Nick Diaz has earned the right. If you look at the history of uh, 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 both of them, Nick and Nate Diaz, he can do whatever he wants, man. He's earned the right to go, all right, I've thrown a million fucking punches. This guy keeps coming forward. He's landing good shots. Probably have my nose broke. And we have two more rounds of this. I'm, uh, this just isn't in the cards for me, man. And he and he's aware of CT. He's aware of what's going on. He's getting. I'm sure he gets a flat rate. So for him to be like, I'm good, man. I've had enough. I'm good. I think there's more to this story that we're not hearing. If you see uh, Jake Shields, who's very close with Nick Diaz, um, was talking about how he had six weeks to train for this, and uh, he changed his camp. He changed his management. And then people go, I, I think some fans said something, and uh, Jake goes, snakes everywhere. So to me, it sounds like Nick Diaz's team wanted him to take this fight. Nick didn't want to take this mm-hmm. fight, and Nick did it for a payday so other people get paid, which is never a reason to fight. Um, or it is. It's, it's a job. You know, that's his job, and he's one of the best in the world at it. I'm sure all of you listening now are doing a job, and uh, if they told you, hey, you can get paid and can leave early, you'd probably leave early. And that's no different than Nick Diaz. Everybody in here, maybe not Chin, but the rest of you, if I said, hey, man, we're all set. You're going to get your full pay. Just go ahead and take off. All of you would get up right now and fucking leave. So there's a passion thing there. But also, if you're Nick Diaz and all the years and all the miles of fighting, uh, and he's very aware of how that ends for a lot of guys. So I think he was like, I'm good, man. He's earned the right to go, I'm good. No more. No mas. And it's, it's not quitting. A, a guy like Nick Diaz doesn't have quit in him. It shows me a level of intelligence for him to go, no, it's just not my night. I did what I did. I tried my best. I've, I've had six years off. This isn't going to go well for me. I'm going to keep eating more shots to the face and the head. And uh, I don't want to be one of those guys who's drooling and pissing his pants in five years. So I'll live to fight another day or I'll live to run another marathon and enjoy my life and not have to deal with this. So the whole quitting narrative, get the fuck out of here, man. It's Nick Diaz, dude. There couldn't be a further way to describe him or his brother. There's no quit in either of them. It's a sign of intelligence, and he's also earned the right to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Just like he laid down when he's fighting Anderson Silva, he's earned the right to lay down. And he kept saying, 
This is the other red flag. He goes, I don't even know how this fight came about. Yep. It doesn't make sense. I've already beat this guy. I should be fighting Kamar Usman. Love your attitude. Love that idea. <laughs> you can't have six years off, especially coming off a loss, coming off all the turmoil, and then fight, you know, maybe the pound for pound great, you know, the welterweight champ right now. That would have been a nightmare. That would have been an absolute nightmare because Kamar Usman a break you. So that, that wasn't going to happen. So for Nick Diaz, it, you know, I know his thing is being real and saying, I don't want to fight. I'm scared to fight. I don't want to do this. I don't know why I'm here. But I think for the first time, I believe him, if that makes sense. Because before he said that, I'm like, ah, go do your thing. And then he does his thing. He's having fun out there. And he's flipping people off. And he's staring the guy down. He's pacing back and forth like a cage line. Not, not this time. This time, it was like almost his first UFC fight, right? He almost jumped in the, in the octagon without taking a shirt off or having uh, Vaseline on. Um, his, his head was down the whole time. It just didn't look like he wanted, like, I know he said he didn't want to be there, but he always shows up and fights, which he showed up, man, especially at his age and having six years off. But it wasn't your run-of-the-mill Nick Diaz. There's something going on there. I'd love to know the drama behind, his, behind the scenes there. But all his camp, man, Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, Jake Shields, Gilbert Melendez, you're talking about a bunch of fucking killers, as tough as they come. Quit is not in their vocabulary, so you guys got to quit with that shit. He's earned the right to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Cut that out, man. It's 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 so uh, it's it's just not the not, not the way to go with it with a Diaz bro. It's just so uh, disrespectful, man. Don't do that. Don't be short sighted. Look at the body of work, you fucking idiots. With Shevchenko, yeah, man. Listen, for Lauren Murphy and God bless her, she goes. You know, my coaches would tell me what to do. I I just don't have those tools. I just lost a better fighter. That was refreshing because most people are like, you know, I made some mistakes. I should go back to the drawing board. Listen, there's not enough drawing boards in the world to get her to beat Shevchenko. It's just not, it's just what it is. Shevchenko is so goddamn dom dominant. So what's next for Shevchenko? Hats off to Lauren Murphy. You, you, you hung in there. This is how it goes for everybody that fights Shevchenko, not named Amanda Nunes. It's just the way it is, man. She's that much better than all of you. She's good at everything. She's getting better. She's not that old. She's a fucking monster. Is she a Russian uh, spy? Yeah, probably, dude. Probably. Is she a real-life 007? Yeah, probably. In her off time, has she killed some people? I would bet on it, and I'm a betting man, all right? But for Shevchenko... You know, if, if you look at the times, you know, everyone, want, you know, there's nothing for her. Right? Who gives a fuck who she fights next? She's going to kick her in the face. That's how that goes down. So if you look at Shevchenko, the only thing really for her legacy would be a Amanda Nunes fight. And I know people are like, well, Amanda Nunes this, she's bigger, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, if you look at when they fought, that was a while ago. Uh, Shevchenko's gotten a whole lot better, man. When did they fight last, Jen? So uh, she lost a split decision. A lot of people think she won that fight too. That was four years ago. Mm -hmm. And then she lost a unanimous decision. She lost that one. And that was five years ago. So if they fought now, you're telling me Shevchenko couldn't pull that off and it was a split decision last time? Also, if I'm Shevchenko, you're the head B-I-T-C-H in charge here. You're the main draw. You know, Amanda Nunes is the GOAT, hands down. I'd love to hear argument that she's not. Those of you that tell me Cyborg... They fought. She knocked her out. Stop it. So that's over. So Cyborg's your greatest of all time female fighter, uh, no matter what weight class. I'd say I would say Shevchenko's more skilled. She doesn't have the knockout power in the hands that Amanda Nunes does, but her kicks, 
Um, I think she's a more well-rounded mixed martial artist. And I would say, you know, you're telling me she hasn't got better from four years ago. But if I'm Shevchenko, if my team and the UFC wants to make that man in news fight happen, I would say, you know, we always go up to her. We always go up to her. We're always playing by her rules. Why didn't she come down to me? Let's make Amanda Nunes come down to me. And we'll see if Amanda Nunes really wants to play that game. Because I do think if they fought at flyweight, Shevchenko definitely beats her. I think Shevchenko could go up in weight and fight her and win uh, via decision. Definitely won't get a finish. But I think she could finish her at flyweight. I think she beats her via decision uh, if she were to move to Amanda Nunes' weight. Or you do it at a catch, catch weight, a super fight at a catch weight. So they both keep their belts. They both still run the show. You do it at a catch weight. You make it a super fight. You do it at 130. You know, one's at 125, one's at 135, right? Mm -hmm. So you do it at 130, do a super fight, and whoever loses doesn't lose their belt. That makes more sense than anything. Or Shevchenko just stays at flyweight and puts the 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 streak out of reach for anybody that to get even close. I think she's tied with uh, Ronda Rousey right now. Um, I think... Who is it? Amanda Nunes is the record for nine. She's at six. So she's tied with uh, Ronda Rousey. So next one should beat that. But I think a super fight with Amanda Nunes would decide who is the greatest female fighter of all time. But I think if I'm Shevchenko, I say, hey, listen, I know she's a big deal. I'm also a big deal. Um, and Amanda doesn't have much left. You know, she's talking about retirement. She has a baby now. God bless her. She's a mother now which is always scary. That mama power is dangerous. But I think Shevchenko can, can beat her. No matter what weight class they fight at, I think she beats her via decision. But I would love for them to play ball and do it a super fight at 130 where neither of their belts are on the line. That's what I would do. But what do I know? Then at featherweight, the main event, quote-unquote main event, great fight. Definitely, you know, great fight, especially for a title fight, probably the best title fight we've had this year. I don't know how long we're going to doubt Alexander Volkanovsky, the, the uh, Alexander the Great, you know, it, it's not even that we doubt him. You know, for me, if you watch a show, obviously I'm biased as a motherfucker, and I'll tell you that right now. Brian Ortega is a close friend of mine, very close friend. I don't know Alexander. So when I come on the show, I will never pick against my friends. I know I put him in a bet, and maybe you guys lost money, and I apologize. But, but you should know that he's a friend of mine. He was on Calabas Fight Campaign, for God's sakes. He's a great dude. We came up together in the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu system. And uh, his story's fantastic. He's an even better person. And I told you guys he would have the advantage on the ground. And I think, was it Cody Garbrandt jumped on the below the belt and was like, there's no way he submits him. There's not a chance. Really? It was pretty fucking close, dude. That mounted guillotine was as close as it gets. And I thought it was over because Alexander's feet started shaking, and that was pure desperation shake. And Brian Ortega goes, I could hear him gargling. And, dude, when a guy of Brian Ortega's uh, jiu-jitsu level gets a hold of your neck, and for Alexander Volkanovsky to not tap out from that, hats off to you, man. You're a real fucking champ. And even Volkanovsky went, in my head, I went, well, this is how it ends. Giving up my belt. I'm getting choked out. And he just kept fighting, kept fighting, and got out of it, and God bless him. And dear God, when he got out of it, God, dog, was he pissed. He unleashed that fucking Aussie fury, dude. Jesus Christ. He really rained down on Brian Ortega. I think Brian doesn't lose any stock. I think, if anything, people go, that Brian kid's pretty fucking good. I think for Brian, you know, last time he fought Max Holloway, that fight wasn't even close. That was a fucking clinic for Max Holloway. 
So I think if you've seen how much better Brian's gotten two years, he has the right camp now. You tell me Brian can't be champ? He's pretty fucking close, man. He's about three seconds and a, a little shift in the adjustment on that neck, and he, he's your champ right now. But um, hats off to Alexander Volkanovsky. That guy is just his cardio. He probably has the best cardio in the goddamn business out of any athlete. Best cardio hands down. You know, maybe one of those cyclists on EPO have better cardio, but still, when you talk about a clean USADA fighter, there's no other athlete on the planet in any sport, maybe some of them soccer boys in the Premier League, but any any other sport outside that Premier League that have better cardio than Alexander Volkanovsky. He's a fucking savage, man. Goddamn, is he good. So what's next for those two? Well, for Brian Ortega, you know, it's just back to the drawing board. He took some time off. I don't think he lost any stock. I do think he will be champ one day. He's still young, man. He's still young. He only has two losses. One's to Max Holloway, featherweight great. One's to Alexander Volkanovsky, featherweight great. That's all right, dude. The Max Holloway one, you know, you uh, kind of reevaluate things and got a better camp. You've gotten better from it. So that was a learning lesson, and that's something you needed to get you to where you're going. And now you just got to recalibrate and get back on the drawing board. And I do think he'll be champ. It's just not his time right now. With Volkanovski, I go back and forth. I would love to see a, a Triple C fight. I'd love to get Triple C out of retirement and have him fight Volkanovski because that is a phenomenal fight. For Alexander Volkanovski's legacy, it makes sense. For uh, Triple C, it makes sense. And if there's one thing that could get him out of retirement, it'd be a dominant champ like Alexander Volkanovsky. And Triple C, if it's a Triple C we saw last time with the Octagon, matches up pretty well against him. That's a pretty even fucking fight. That's a fantastic fight. But let's say Triple C doesn't happen. If I'm Alexander Volkanovsky, you know, people go, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. You know, people don't appreciate him. Look what he's done. He, his, in his UFC career, he's 10-0. You know, he used to be so thick playing rugby. He's so thick. And then just lost all the weight. He's a dominant champion now. If I'm Alexander Volkanovsky, I go to my team, and I think we're praying to God that Max Holloway beats Yair Rodriguez in November. Because in order for Alexander Volkanovsky to earn the credit that he deserves, I think everyone in this room gives him credit. I think we all do. Is he my favorite? No, Brian Tate is my favorite for obvious reasons. But with Volkanovsky... For him to get the credibility and the legacy uh, that he maybe he wants, I don't know if he pays attention to it. He obviously does because he goes, now give me respect, right? He got on the mic, was demanding respect, and people overlook him. I, I don't think anybody overlooks him. The problem is, is those two fights with Max Holloway, the majority of the people think it's one and one. And Max Holloway is so beloved by fans and casuals and hardcores that you have to make it clear that you can beat him before we give you that credit. By we, I mean the fans. You already got my credit, dude. But what I'm saying is your team should say, we pray to God Max Holloway beats the I. Rodriguez, which I think he lights him the fuck up. I think he breaks him. Uh, TKO's him in the third round. That's a different story. We'll talk to it in November. But I think for Alexander Volkanovsky, for his legacy, he needs that third fight with Max Holloway. Because you can say, I beat him twice. It makes no sense. Did you? I know, I know on the cards it says that, but the fan, the fan base, the notoriety you're yearning for and that you want, you've got to make it clear that you can beat Max Holloway because everybody, including my guy that makes my goddamn Starbucks every morning, it's his favorite fighter, and he thinks he won that last fight. He thinks out of the 10 rounds, Max won more rounds, and a lot of people feel that way. Is it right? I don't know. It's pretty black and white. You won both fights, so maybe you don't care. 
But if I'm your team, I think we need that Max Holloway rubber match. Even though you won twice, I know, you won twice. But in the fans' eyes, you've got to make a highlight and finish Max Holloway in order to earn the respect of the fan base. That's what I would do. I think Max Holloway gets it done against Yair. I don't think Yair can hang with a guy like Max. And Matt, can you name somebody? Do you know anybody who doesn't like Max Holloway? Does he? I don't think he gets any hate, does he? Nope. I don't think so. Nope. I don't think I don't. he does. Brian Ortega, he's ranked two now. I don't think he drops much. I think the winner of Max and Yair will leapfrog him. I think Brian Ortega fights uh, Yair if he were to lose. You do some Mexican on Mexican crime, a Mexican standoff. That'd be lit as fuck. I think Brian Ortega beats the shit out of him as well. I just, I just, I, I can't ride with Yair because mental space. I just can't. I'll bet all the money on Max Holloway. I think he breaks him. He's too tough. And then you want to talk about a guy, who, probably the most mentally sound guy in the fucking world uh, is in, in Volkanovski to not give in to that fucking chokehold. And then that triangle, dude, Brian's nickname is T-City, you fucks. Triangle City. He has the best triangle in the game. He was in tight, dude. His head was turning purple. Purple. And he still didn't tap. Got my respect, my man. I'm just saying, from a business standpoint, let's hope Max Holloway wins so he can do the rubber match and just move on from that. I think that would clear up everything. UFC is going to say, well, he's 2-0. and Are you, though? Are you? Are you really? Deep down inside, do you feel that way? Because it doesn't seem like it to me. And I don't think Max feels like that. So you guys got something to settle. With Nick Diaz, what do you do with him? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I need to know what's going on behind scenes. Maybe he doesn't want to do it anymore. It didn't seem like it. But whatever he wants to do, I'll watch it. Just don't throw that spinning back kick anymore. <laughs> Started off. That was terrible. What else you got, Jen? Oh, the Joshua fight too, man. Oh, my God, yeah. dude. So before this, my boy at uh, Showtime, we always text before any of the major boxing fights. And uh, I go, man, I think Usyk has a chance. He goes, yeah, big chance. Don't like it for Joshua. Thinks it fucks up uh, things with uh, the winner Fury and uh, Wilder. And I said, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, Usyk doesn't ruin it for everybody. Because the thing about Usyk is he's, you know, he was a cruiserweight champ. And as far as skill-wise, he's a better boxer than everybody. I don't know if he has the same skills as Tyson. Tyson's a pretty fucking slick boxer. What do you want him to do? Pressure? He can do it. Slip punches? He can do it. Footwork? He can do it. Usyk is just a technician, man. And with Joshua, who's a power guy, obviously he's an Olympic gold medalist, so he has the fundamentals. But you're just talking about a lighter, quicker slicker boxer it just had trouble written all over it man just trouble written all over it and poor joshua man i mean obviously he has more money than god but it's not even about money at this point i think um for joshua the knock on him is he just doesn't show up sometimes you know yeah. and at this level especially a guy against Usyk, i think rogan tweeted this out they want this to go to the decision card so bad because clearly Usyk would have got royally fucked if it went to the decision because did he go to the cards? He stopped. Yeah. Because yeah. they could have stopped it. God damn. Look at Usyk, man. Yeah. He's going to be problems. He's going to be problems. I'm so curious to see how Usyk would do against a Wilder with his big punching power. Definitely a more skilled boxer. Him versus Fury would be a fun fight. Um, hopefully this gives Usyk a little more shine so he can get those fights. But for Joshua, I just feel bad for him. 
Because you think the social media and press in the States is bad. Yeah, the press in fucking England killed fucking Princess Diana, for God's sakes. There's nobody worse than the press in over in the UK. They're ruthless, man. And when Joshua lost to your fat friend, what's his name, Chip? <laughs> Andy the Destroyer? Andy Ruiz yeah. the Destroyer. When he lost to him, dude, they just wrote him off. That's why he says uh, he wants to move to Africa and claim Africa. He doesn't want to claim England because it feels like they turned their back on him. Now, both his parents were born in Africa, and then they moved, and he did go to school in Africa, and then they moved to England. So really, his roots are in Africa, and he wants to claim Africa because he doesn't think they'll turn their back on him like the mm. English have. Just tough, man. You're playing at a high level, and if you're not fully tuned in, and it's a, such a shame that this happened before this fucking Fury yeah. Wilder fight. On that same card, uh, that Callum Smith versus Lennon Castile fight, yeah, I love. It was a crazy this knockout. Uh, this guy was like shaking right afterwards. I'll show you here. So the the Smiths are like the Watts of the NFL. Oh, 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 oh. That's what we call the stanky leg on the streets. Yeah. That's tough. Very, very bad knockout. Yeah. If you don't know boxing, these Smiths from England are basically our version of the Watt brothers or the Boso brothers. What are the Watt brothers or the Boso brothers? Well, the Watt brothers, all three of them play in the NFL. Oh. oh the Smiths, Watt. all the brothers fight. I think the dad was a fighter. Gotcha. They're all top-notch fighters. The, uh, I don't, it wasn't Callum. Was it Liam? The one who fought Canelo. But he's just tough. They're all tough as fucking nails, mm. man. They're tough fucking blokes, as they say out blokes. there. What else you got, Jim? Shortly after the UFC fight, Dana White and Oscar De La Hoya got into it on social media because this is what Oscar put down. So Oscar tweeted out, hey, Alexander Volkanovsky, you just won a brutal battle for the UFC and made one twentieth of what you're worth. At Dana White, have some fucking respect for yourself and these fighters and pay these warriors what they deserve. Then mm -hmm. Dana came <laughs> back with some fire, but shut the fuck up, crackhead. Hilarious. Faking that you had COVID and robbed me of watching you get knocked the fuck out by Vitor Belfort you should win an Academy Award for, for your hospital performance. Triggered much? <laughs> and he, dude, you want to get Dana riled up? Just talk about fight pay. That's why he hates me. Gets him riled <laughs> up. It's the one knock on his legacy, isn't it? Everything else, all good. I know. The fighter pay thing, though. It's interesting because, you know, we don't know the ins and outs of running a, a – business at the ufc level so I, I am curious what they could afford and still make profit yeah there it has to be some i'm sure there's some wiggle room there but to just say oh pay these guys 50 percent that's unrealistic i don't know if they can do that but everyone asked that well these other leagues are doing i get it these other leagues are com on a different fucking planet compared to the ufc so not to defend dana but i am i am curious what wiggle room they have to pay yeah. these guys more and oscar didn't respond i don't think so yeah i don't know if i'm buying the COVID thing either the hospital video is kind of weird but whatever <laughs> shut so... the fuck up crackhead <laughs> 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 is such a savage i know oscar's like jesus christ man to this day dennis still like replies to comments right yeah. the haters yeah so here are the pays the salaries 
And Nick Diaz came out pretty well. 500 to show, 500 fight of the night, 16,000 fight week incentive pay. That's his uh, Venom pay. Mm. So 566, that's cool. Pretty good. Volkanovski made 492. Uh, he got fight of the night bonus, then 42,000 Venom pay. Shevchenko got almost 400 grand. Ortega, 332 grand. Robbie Lawler, 300 grand. Dan Hooker, 236. Man, this ain't bad. Chris Blade, 211. Jessica Andrade, 156. I, Lauren Murphy, 132 grand. Marlon Marais, 126. Marib, uh, 120. Rosenstruck, 96. And then it gets dicey. Yeah. <laughs> then it gets, you know, then it's fucking, you're eating fucking a couple of noodles for the next few months to fight again. Yeah, so. But, you know, as they say, you eat what you kill, unfortunately. But those other paydays are pretty tasty. Yeah, the top ones are great. Yeah. Nick Diaz, too, after that much of a layoff. I forget the exact word he used, but he has an issue with the sport because he's given in so much into it. And I don't think people realize he's not, like, set. He can't run, out, run off into the sunset and just count his money. He's not like Conor McGregor set. You remember when he was fighting in the height of his career, This probably, I would imagine it's the most he's ever made. Probably, yeah. But in the height of his career, the paydays weren't like this. So, obviously... He's huge on social media and he has a huge fan, fan base, base, but they're not like selling merch, right? They're not, I don't know if they have their own weed line or strain of weed or whatever, but you got to hope he has a team around him who's, because maybe he has one or two left. Let's say two max, maybe three if we're stretching this fucking thing. So hopefully as a team around him, there's so much you could do with Nick and Nate Diaz business-wise. There's so much you can do. I have d ideas for fucking days where these guys don't have to get punched in the face anymore. So hopefully they can parlay their fighter fame into something uh, besides, you know, taking more punishment. You got to hope they have the team around them. I'm willing to guess they don't. He doesn't even know exactly who his team is at this yeah. point, right? His management. It's heartbreaking, man. Yeah. All right. Um, so obviously we're talking about this. Tarn Woodley. <laughs> Finally got the tattoo on he his finger. Said, I love you, son. Now come and get this ass with him because I heard you've been talking back to your elders. Man of my word, where you at? Inked by celebrity painter and tattoo artist, Rubia, Ru Art Rubia Artista. Ruby Artista. So he put on his middle finger. Yep, there he goes. And does that... It has to count because all the little, you know, description, what's it called? It has to be able to be yeah, seen. Yeah, you see with shorts and shirt. Below the, yeah, that works. And it's on his middle finger, so... Our boy Peter was like, can you believe he did this? And I say yes, because if you're T. Wood and that was the condition, the only condition they had to get a rematch, like, yeah, you get a tattoo, you're not getting a tattoo. Well, you got the tattoo. And let me ask you this, if you're not a fan of him doing this, what else could Woodley do to generate this type of money? Go. Mm -hmm. Who else is he going to fight? There's nothing else for him to do. So if it requires getting a tattoo that you can get taken off, also on the finger that's going to wear off, especially like grappling and shit. So that's not a terrible thing. And you can change it. You can, you know, you know, draw a line through the love thing or whatever. You're going to be able to mess with it. So at the end of the day, if I'm Woodley, I get it. I get it. I do the same thing. Because what else is he going to do to generate this money, you know? And he did have him rocked. He just didn't fight the way we thought he was going to fight. This artist right here is apparently the artist that did it. And she's basically a dime piece. Super dime piece. Like tattoos get me every time. <laughs> Especially oh, the she thigh. Is. Yeah, Ruby super Artista. dime piece. 
Well, good for her. Talented yeah. young lady. And smoke show. It's definitely a smoke show. Good for her. Okay. We got it. <laughs> uh, obviously, this is like one of the biggest news stories. Oh, my God. This is fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. But the problem is nobody's surprised. John Jones arrested on misdemeanor domestic violence charges in Las Has Vegas. any more details come out from it? I've only got a few more details. What else? So, I mean, it's still really bad, though. So this afternoon, a judge will review Jones' case, and this from Mark uh, Romandi, Romandi, who I love. Yep. Great journalist. Mm -hmm. uh, this afternoon, a judge will review Jones' case in order to determine whether there's probable cause to keep the DNA that was taken from Jones following his Friday morning arrest or not. This uh, will happen in the chambers, and neither Jones nor his attorney will be there. And they did prove that, so... Uh, yeah, judge, judge finds, finds probable, probable cause, cause for arrest. So they're going to use his DNA as evidence for something. And it's where it's like they got DNA, DNA off John Jones, and it said something injuring, tampering with a car. Weird. Yeah, super I wonder weird. exactly what happened. Again, we need more details before we completely throw him under the bus. What's a shame is he was in Vegas. He received his award I know, around 6 p.m. Within hours. To enter into the Hall of Fame of the UFC. You know how hard... It is to get in the Hall of Fame of anything, of any professional sport, let alone one of the, you know how many great fights in the UFC? Now, he got in the UFC at 165. I like to think I stole the show, but I did it. That was uh, all him. I submitted Matt Mitrione in the first heavyweight uh, Darce choke. Not a big deal. Now, he's in the Hall of Fame for the fight. My uh, invitation probably got lost in the mail. <laughs> Not a big deal. I know. I do switch addresses. That's fine. You know, that fight against Jones, Augustine, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, so Coleman says, Kevin, you oh, because no, that was Brown, the Kevin Brown. Yeah, one. dude. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Yeah. Um, so you, you're you're cemented in greatness for the rest of your life. Both of them are. That, that one of the greatest fights I've ever been a witness to in person. And what those gentlemen did that night was fucking insane. Some people thought Gustavin won the fight even. Mm -hmm. Um so John said during the award ceremony, do they give you a jacket or just like that? Do they give you a gold jacket? Like that thing. That's lame. UFC should do something similar to the <laughs> NFL Hall of Fame. You ever seen the L uh, NFL Hall of Fame guy? He's the biggest guy in the world. He's Shrek. Oh, that he's, guy. That he's going to be around for two more years. <laughs> How he avoid COVID, I have no idea. But he's fucking 6'9", 500 pounds. But not like fat. He's, he's literally like a, a Shrek that is in white face. It's insane. If you guys are listening, you got to look him up. He has the biggest hands in the world. And notice whenever he gives out the, look at him right there. Sweat. Whenever they give out the awards, he towers everybody. <laughs> look, how big, look at that hat. I know. Dude, he's right. If you, you guys are listening to this while you're driving or you're at work, if you can't see this, he has a uh, construction worker's hat on. It looks like a tiny yarmulke. That's how big he is. You know when you see a construction hat, you're like, Jesus Christ, they're huge. It's a yarmulke on this guy's fucking head. He's the biggest man in the world. And I think that's him and Ray Lewis. And he makes Ray Lewis look my look like my five-year-old son. Oh, that's Jerome. Ready? Bettis. The bus. Battis. Looks like an infant next to this fucking monster. He's ready to go, dude. Look at him, dude. That's Check him and Jimmy fucking... That's nuts. Jimmy Johnson's crying there. Look at Tony. Tony is also enormous. Look at his jacket. <laughs> Look at his hair. He, dude, he's a shaved down grizzly bear that gives you the award of your lifetime. And you're like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, big He's dude. an ogre. He's a giant man. Shout out to that giant fucking man 
Carl David Baker. But back to John, yeah. those jackets are kind of lame. I wish they would do a cool color, like a, like a fucking hot green, something cool, man. You black with gold inside. I guess you could wear, you'd wear that more than you'd wear the NFL one, right? Like if I had, if I was in the NFL Hall of Fame, I would wear that jacket every every day with jeans. I'd wear it every day with jeans. Ah, uh, the jacket's pretty cool. Just says UFC Hall of Fame on it. Yeah, black. Yeah, Rashad has one. Nogueira has one. That jacket. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, it's all right. That logo's a little, like, did fucking Monster Jam make the jacket? You know what I'm saying? It's a lot. Like, the 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 logo's not that classy. If they did just, like, an all shiny gold jacket so you could frame it, because you're not going to, we're going to fucking wear that thing around. Mm-hmm. Looks like NFL on Fox Robot made that jacket. Well, they get this nice little trophy. Yeah, trophy's cool. But there there's, there's GSP, the great, mm-hmm. right, with a cool haircut. And then there is John Jones. He leaves this. And then goes and causes mayhem. It's it, you couldn't sum up his career. And I mean, if you wrote this in a movie, like, come on, dude, this is too on the nose. We know the guy makes some bad choices, but after a Hall of Fame speech, hours after domestic shit, and the cops get called and he gets arrested, you're like, yep, that's John Jones' career in a nutshell. Hall of Famer. It's a bummer. And then fucks up outside. It, who's around? Where's his friends? How do you like? How do you not have a crew around you who just like, dude? You can't do this, man. I wonder what actually happened, though, because there's so little details. I know. I don't want to throw him under the bus yet. He's still my pound-for-pound goat. Still pound-for-pound. Even with this mayhem, all this shit, and I I think he says he's trying to get a 280. Do you hear this? 275. So stupid. Yeah. So you get even slower? I don't like it. I don't like the path he's going down. But he wants the winner of uh, Francis and Cyril gone. But, dude, if he's too slow, he's going to get knocked the fuck out. 240 is the perfect weight for a UFC heavyweight. Whether you're fighting Francis, Cyril Gaon, doesn't matter. Curtis Blades, Stipe. You look at the champs who dominate for a long time. You look at Stipe, you look at Cain Velasquez. You look at Junior Dos Santos. They're right around 240. That 235, 240, they have gas tanks. They have chins. They, they have cardio for days. That's what a dominant heavyweight champ looks like. Right now we're in this weird world, you know, where France is knocking every guy's fucking face off. But, you know, Stipe, remember Stipe when he's 240, took the shots and took him down and beat him up bad, bad. And he got clipped. But you look at DC, thicker, thicker, but still around 240, 250. I hate that John's getting big. I feel like that now, now you're just trying to level the playing field. Like your thing's going to be technique, your demeanor, your size, your, your long reach, your, your legs, everything. But if you're slower, all that goes out the window because those guys can trade four of yours for one of theirs, and you're, it's not going to end well for you. Mm. I hate seeing that, man. I hate, I hate seeing him get arrested. Of course, dude. It's such Especially a fucking bummer, dude. coming up. It sucks. I, it's such a bummer. Yeah. I saw the Dana interview there, and he goes, dude, just – he has demons. We can't bring him to Vegas. He's here for a few hours and he gets fucking arrested. He says it's almost expected now. I wasn't like, oh my God, John again. I was like, ah, fuck. Who let him into Vegas? He's like a gremlin. You can't, you can't put him in Vegas after midnight. It's just crazy. Dude, you can't put him in Vegas when it turns dark. He should. They, there should have been a plane 
mm-hmm. for him to get the so drops him off, gets the award, and then Plane's waiting for him. He walks out in his new UFC on Fox jacket. That logo is terrible, and then flies back to Albuquerque. You don't let that guy hang out in Vegas. He needs to be monitored at all times. He just needs a guy around him who doesn't let him bullshit. But that new guy that I think is Richard Schaefer, his handler, like the new guy that, that's really close with Dana, who's cool with Dana. Yeah, but yeah. I bet he wasn't there. I know, that's what sucks. And they barely know each other, so mm-hmm. I'm sure that guy, from a contract standpoint, helps them out, but it's going to be tough to wrangle that line. Dude, you need him. He needs, you know, like my brother, the, you know, he's not going to let me do certain yeah. shit, man. Do I want to? Of course I do. <laughs> of course I want to wild the fuck out. But they're, the, dude, between Jay and Chappelle, they don't let me get away with shit, dude. You've been there, Chen. Yeah, they're the they're best. like, nope, we're going to bed. Yep. I'm like, are we? Because I just bought us all shots. He needs a, 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 a sober team around him. We're like, dude, you can have your fun, but I'm, this is getting out of hand, man. We got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's such a shame, dude. When I was doing the uh, charity event, the gentleman, Jamie, who's, you know, has, has the whole fight league up there in London, Canada. Uh, right outside Toronto out there, and uh, he knows fighting. And he goes, you know, my pound for pound is GSP. And I said, of course, you're a homer. You know, it's fucking GSPs. You're, you know, there's statues of him, and you probably have a tattoo of him on your neck, so I get it, because that's their hometown boy, because he's a Montreal boy, Canada boy. But the thing on GSP is we know outside the octagon, he's so professional. He's such a nice guy. And he's like, that's why he, to me, I give him the nod over John because John's such a fucking nightmare outside the octagon. And I, I said, it's two different things. And I said this on the broadcast. It's two different things because all, when I judge a pound-for-pound pound fighter, the only thing I'm judging off of is inside that octagon. I don't give a fuck what you do outside that octagon because then there could be a guy who's pretty good, maybe lost some rounds, and maybe he's in the Hall of Fame, but he wasn't as dominant, and he's fucking Mother Teresa, so you're going to give it, over John for that? No, you can't. We know Khabib's a great guy, phenomenal person outside the octagon, does a lot of things. So do you give it over him? You know, I can see the argument for Khabib. He just didn't do it long enough. But to me, it's still John, man. It's still John. I was with you with John until the pulsing stuff. So there's always an asterisk. Mm. Yeah. See, the pulsing stuff, I, I, don't, I don't take consideration because I'll tell you this right now. I am a betting man. I would bet my last dollar on it. The guys that he fought also to become it. great were yeah. also on it. Yeah. I promise you they were. So if that's your one caveat and why John's not the best, then then, then we can't even have a conversation. Because if you think the guys he fought in Vitor Belfort, Leonardo Machida, <laughs> all the, I'll go through the list of Chael Sonnen. Yeah, yeah. I'll go through the list. <laughs> they just didn't get, well, they did get caught, but not the night they fought John. Oh. All of them got caught. So to, to hang that over John's head, it's like, yeah, but the guys he's fighting were on it. So what are you going to do then? That is an argument for sure. Yep. Yeah. Well, real quick, I saw two tweets that were pretty fascinating after this happened. Do more legally controversial shit. <laughs> what do you say? Do more legally controversial shit. Like nothing illegal, just legally controversial. So that was later. Why? That was the night, that was the why? night before. That was the night why before. Why did he say that? I think maybe he was answering some questions about like, you know, getting into trouble or whatever. How old is John? 35 and then the other question that was raised to me he's 34 34. he's fucking especially a heavyweight dude he's in his prime man he has so much more work to do and the big fights coming up oh my god it makes my dick hurt dude (laughs) (laughs) he's one year younger than francis you fucks jeez he's two years old and izzy he has so much more fighting left in him 
Since 2012, John Jones has a 11-0 record with three stoppage wins. He has either failed a drug test or was charged with crime eight times that same stretch of time. He's a bad boy, dude. Bad boy for sure. He's a bad boy. And the other question that was raised to me during the, the charity broadcast was, you know, for John, you know, as, as far as the in the fans' eyes, is he just, they're just going to write him off like they're sick of this shit. It's like in Mike Tyson. Could you name a more beloved guy? Talk shit about Mike Tyson. Let me know how it goes for you. Everyone loves Mike Tyson. He was in The Hangover. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, there's Mike Tyson. Yeah. Remember that? Yep. And then after that, it was fucking gangbusters. Now the guy has a huge podcast. He has his fucking weed line. Killing it. Uh, he, and he's a nice guy. I guess they say it's the weed or shrooms, where the fuck it is. Mm -hmm. He's real cool. He still has the face tattoo, so you never forget that shit. But right now, it seems bad because we're in the thick of it. But we, we tend to forgive and forget, I think, with athletes. We, do. we always do. Especially if John keeps winning. We forgot about that. I think Luke Thomas tweeted out too. Like We forgot about John's getting arrested during the pandemic. Remember, he was going crazy. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, we forgot about that. What demons does he have, man? Seems uh, like he has a great family. His brothers are all fucking studs. So there's a good family around him. Uh, he has kids. It's, it, I, I just, I, I, I can't, it's even hard to articulate. It's like, you have kids, dude. So, and I don't know how old his kids are at this time, but they're going to be aware of all the bullshit yeah. you're doing, yep. dude. And then when someone, you know, when they go to school and it's like, if you keep doing this, you're just going to make life so much difficult on those kids, man. I just don't see how you can do it. And then, and then think about his, his, it's his wife, I think. Yes, I think so. God fucking bless her, man. Think she gets a call. Hey, John's back in jail again. She's like, what? I just talked to him. It's like, I know. Think about that poor lady with the kids. Oh, why isn't dad coming home? Because he got a fight in a fucking hotel room. They're taking DNA. It's, it's insane, dude. I don't know how you can do it to the kids. I don't. And if that doesn't sober you up and get you on track, nothing will. And obviously Dana knows more about the situation than any of us because he deals with it all the time. And when Dana goes, that guy has demons, 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 demons. Yeah, so something super deep, yeah. I have a friend who uh, used to train with him and is a top-notch fighter, all of you would know. And he spent time there, and he goes, he kicked me out of the group because I was the one like, dude, you can't do this. And John was like, I don't need a fucking dad, and just never called me again. Mm. And he was like, oh, okay. And they were close friends. He's like, I don't need a fucking dad, dude. I have a dad. He's like, no, I'm, I'm just trying to look out for you. So he, does, he, he pushes that stuff out, you know? Terrible. Yeah, to wrap that up, I don't like that John's getting big. Because you're trying to make it a level playing field. And his bone structure and build isn't meant to carry that weight and still perform the way he is. His advantage is going to be being this thinner, more technical, better cardio, smarter cerebral fighter to beat these heavyweights. If you're going to match him pound for pound and power for power, he's going to go 0-2. He's not going to beat Francis. Sure as fuck not being Francis. He's not going to beat Cyril Gaon. Cyril Gaon is what, 250, 260? And can move. Was born like that, woke up like that. Meanwhile, you're fucking stuffing your face with carbs and doing deadlifts every goddamn day to get to 270 or what the fuck you're trying to do. Shogun's 247 pounds. Woke up like that. Woke up that way. And I heard John is at like 260 right now already. Hate it. Hate it. Moving on, Aljamain Sterling has pulled out. Uh, Peter Jan called this. Yes. Several, we talked about that. Several times. Yeah, he said he's going to pull he's out. He like, I guarantee he pulls out of this yeah. fight. Uh, UFC bantamweight champion Aljamain Sterling has been pulled from his title fight against Peter Yan, UFC 267. If I'm of Dana course. right now, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop. TJ, how you feeling, buddy? Oh, How's yeah. How's that eye? Oh, you're good? 
You want to fight for a title? Short notice, though. Because when is that fight? November? No, it's like October, I think. Oh, it's October? Yeah, I think. What's Peter Yon say here? Oh, he said this. You all know that Sterling just ran away like a sneaky coward, said Yana's selfie video posted and translated by Russian. Thank God we're, we didn't say <laughs> that. I'm not going to sit and wait for him. I'm going to fight. Yeah, they're going to have to do an interim title. That's what they said. Give, give me any top five, top seven, top ten, anyone who deserves a fight. Yeah, TJ deserves it. Yeah, that's October 30th. Will TJ be okay? Yeah, the knee thing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, they'll get Corey Sennigan? Yeah, that'd be a great chance for Corey. Great shot. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. That's a good fight, too, man. God, Peter Young called it. Yeah. God, if you're in the Aljermaine Sterling business, it's a tough day in the office. Uh, and this is what Aljermaine posted about an hour or two ago. He's flexing in mm -hmm. phenomenal shape. And I also love Sterling. He's such a good person. Great personality, too. He put, let's clear the air today. I'm not injured for my real fans, family and friends that are asking, wondering. To the haters trying to take away my attention from teammate. Uh, yep. To talk about myself and my situation and what I want to do. Merab looked amazing, right? Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. As always, I like to share the truth and be transparent with my fan base that actually give a shit about fighters' health. Trans been going well, but I've been struggling to get my body to push push past two rounds in sparring sessions. The fatigue that sets in and my cramping still lingers, which surgeon says due to the nerves still recovering from the long-term trauma and surgery I just had. Nothing I can do about that other than show up in another shell myself and risk wasting the surgery and maybe getting severely hurt. Originally, I wanted to fight in December, but the plans were pushed up earlier. Unfortunately, my body isn't agreeing with me. I asked for an extension and asked Peter Yan to wait so that I will be first man in the UFC to beat his ass. I flew uh -huh. Adrian Giannis, 93, to help with training looks. I want to see how this week goes and see if uh, overtraining was the real issue for all the fatigue since I was playing physical catch-up for fighting much sooner than expected. I'll just discuss some more on my podcast-type move at Weekly Scraps. Uh, but here's a quick version of what I'm dealing with. Thankfully, the UFC team understands how serious spine surgery. Spine surgery. It was on his. It, yeah, it was. It was on. It was his on his neck, neck nerve. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Understand how serious spine surgery can be, and allow me the extra time to get my body right so that there are no excuses when I fight again. Ah, don't blame him. He knew he was going to get a bunch of slack for this, right? Especially after the way the last fight went down. So yeah. I get it. And the way he carried the belt, you know. That kind I of get stuff. it. Yeah. But uh, it's smart, man. If you if you're like, dude, I I can't get past two rounds. Peter Yan for sure is going past two rounds. Yeah, let me get fucked up, and then he's gonna have to rebuild, go back through the fucking monsters, and try to get a title shot. So it's probably the right call, man. That's the right call. Unfortunately, it's the right call. Fortunately for Aurora's finest, Corey Sandhagen, Sandman, come on down. Be dope. All right, we talked about some fire in the kid. But the remember Dylan Dennis getting choked out by a bouncer? Yeah. He said the reason why is because Dylan actually tried to throw a punch after he didn't recognize him. He said, like, oh, yeah, he didn't have an ID. So oh his boys God. had IDs, but then Dylan didn't have an ID. So he was like, just Google me. That doesn't he goes, work. that doesn't work as an ID. Same thing Blueface tried. <laughs> these fucking guys, dude, these guys, and I actually like Dylan. I think he's very misunderstood and he makes some terrible decisions, mm -hmm. but I think he's a good kid. Here's the thing. Do me call him a kid. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing. You're famous in the MMA world. There's so much more going on. D dude, come to LA. You want to see a real celebrity? They look at me like I'm fucking trash around here. They look at me like I'm a turd with eyes. I can't get into restaurants. I, like, what, bitch? We had Leonardo DiCaprio in here. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Talking about the guy from The Reverend? Get the fuck out of my face. Bring your IDs, dudes. 
Nobody knows who you are, man. I told you that's what happened to me in Oklahoma. I was doing, this is like three or four years ago. Derek Poston was laughing so hard. I was doing Hard Rock uh, Casino, this big fucking casino play. Casinos are cool because they give you a guarantee. Whether you sell two tickets or 5,000 tickets, you get the same money. So it doesn't matter. So, uh, But if you sell a certain amount, you get this huge bonus. Well, online it said sold out. So I was already telling you know, my, my opener, my feature, the, how much money they're going to get. I was already planning on spending this money, putting it down deposit on a Bentley or some shit. The money was spent in my head. And so the, the guy comes back, and we're waiting in the back, and the fans are waiting in line to get into the Hard Rock Casino, and there's a tor- it's in Oklahoma, and there's a tornado warning, which is cool. So everyone sprints to the cars and takes off. And it was a 7 o'clock show. I go, dude, there's a, a tornado warning. So we should probably wait till they come back. And this guy's like so country. He goes, well, son, you want Apache time. You want Indian time. We can't start later. We start when we start, when we tell them we're going to start. Like, all right, dude, there's like 14 people out there. I don't want to do it to this giant arena. Can you bring those 14 people to the green room? I'll do the show. He goes, absolutely not. We're doing what we told him we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. I go, all right, whatever, man. I said, hey, I saw on my says sold out. Because um, he gives, he was like, son, I can't stay for your show. My daughter has something. He said, I get going. Here's your check. And I got the check, and it was what we agreed to. But on my said sold out. So in my head, I'm thinking I'm getting this bonus. I go, hey, my man, you uh. You you forgot the bonus in the in the contract. He goes, is that a fact? I go, yeah. He goes, you know what? Why don't we settle this in my office? I was like, all right, let's go to your office. So we walked to his office and his his uh, uh, assistant's there, this girl, and he has his cowboy hat and he, he's like this big dude. And he takes his cowboy hat off and he goes, well, son. I go, yeah, online it, it says sold out. He goes, it's definitely sure as hell not sold out. He goes, now in L.A. or New York, they might know who you are. Around here, nobody know who you are. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. Nobody knows who you are, and that's the problem we're facing right now. We took it offline because some of our whalers and the people that play, we got to save tickets for them. But you're, not, you're by no means sold out, son. And he goes, I wish I could tell you that we could give you the bonus, but that ain't happening because nobody knew who you are. And that's why I was like, that makes sense, dude. I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. The whole weekend, we just kept going, nobody knew who you are. Nobody knew who you are. He goes, you got two things going against you, son. Yeah, that tornado, tornado, that ain't helping anybody out. And yeah, so the Oklahoma Sooners are playing. That's religion around here. So competing with Oklahoma Sooners and tornado, my man, you lucky 14 people showed up. All right, just give me my fucking check, dude. <laughs> so my thing to Dylan Dennis and Blueface especially, nobody know who you are. You're not as big a deal as you think, man. Mm-hmm. Come to L.A. You want, you want to be around real celebrities? Go to fucking Nobu where they look at you like a goddamn refugee from Hades, even though you have a table, and next to you is fucking Bono and Kanye West. They, you get no attention. It'll humble you real fast. Nobody knew who you are. And you think your car's dope, and you're like, oh, they're going to park this in the front, and they go, well, no. Kanye's here in his fucking law Ferrari, dude. Fuck your GT2. I'm like, that makes sense. That's fine. Go ahead and park it with the other fucking Priuses in the back. Nobody knew who you are. Nobody knew who you are. All right, check this out. Israel Adesanya and even Dan Hooker and their team, they're considering moving, or I think Izzy even said that he's going to move to America now because of all the restrictions in New Zealand. Yes. Come on in, Izzy. I, ooh, mm-hmm. the shirt is Good for so intense. Good uh, cats out of the bag of moon in America. Yeah, welcome to the good team, dude. When faced with obstacles, we adapt and overcome. I'm 32. I'm playing pressure like J. Cole before I'm out of the game. We built this legacy at City Kickboxing ourselves and the support of the people. No government handouts are back and it became the number one wing team on earth. 
four walls and a roof don't make a martial arts gym. The people who toil oh, day in and day out make it what it is. I assume put in the work. Mm -hmm. Toil means put in work. So wherever those four walls are and a roof is located, it would still be city kickboxing. So is the whole team moving here? So, well, yeah. that's a picture from below the belt. <laughs> Bam. That's below the belt. That is. Yeah, there, you're right. right. Hell yeah. He does look pretty fly. He does. So this is Eugene Barrett. below the statement. belt, but whatever. All right. So this is his coach saying. Spoke to City Kickboxing with Eugene Behrman, who's a legend, mm -hmm. who said it's not 100% yet. The team will move from New Zealand to U.S., but it's under ser serious consideration, logistics, and just human impact of picking up part of the team and moving it is massive, but maybe unavoidable. Mm -hmm. I hear you, dude. And, of course, there's Israel Adesanya, who's in discussion for a title fight in January. All this has an impact on him, but it sounds like per... Bearman and Izzy social media, he intends to uproot and come to the USA without a return voucher if necessary. Such a fucking beast. That is a huge move. We're coming to America today. That's that Neil Diamond song. Yep. Old school. God, Izzy here. He's moved to LA. Dude, uh, Izzy, I know you see the show. Listen, dude, on, on the media, they make LA sound like North Korea. It's not that bad here, dude. Certain parts are, certain like woke coffee shops are, but it's really, we're not that, we're not locked down. Compared to fucking New Zealand, we're Texas. Yeah. yeah. It's way better here, dude. Don't let the government scare you. Now, our tax can get you. Tax can get you, but you pay what you get, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a reason our taxes are high. Where's he going to move to? Where's the team going to set up? I LA. want in on this. LA, Shit, dude. I might move with him. It's got to be L.A. Izzy seems like an L.A. kind of dude. Dude, his career would go through the fucking mm -hmm. roof in L.A. Yep. Not that he needs any more attention, but still. Hell God, yeah. that's exciting. Come on over, Izzy. I got a podcast studio for you. Oh, yeah. Free of charge. I know he loves fucking, uh, what's his car? He has a, a McLaren. McLaren, yeah. Those are cool. I have better hookups for you. Could get you probably in the Ferrari stuff if you want. All sorts of stuff, dude. Kicks, Ferraris, jewelry. I got a jewelry guy. Or just sell that McLaren. Leave it there. Yep. Or just leave it there. Don't sell it because you're rich as fuck. And get a cool car. Dude, you get that Spider Ferrari out here, that F12 or F8 Spider Tributo, Tributo with the Spider top going down PCH. You know how fucking cool you look? Come on down, Izzy. Don't let Rogan talk you into Austin. Okay, <laughs> you're going to regret that. Don't let Rogan talk you into Austin. Listen to your boy here. We're into the same shit. I have a free podcast studio for you at Thick Boy Studios. I have all the sneakers you can handle. That's my pitch, Diz. Yeah, it would be dope. Okay, so Marvin Torrey, who fought Izzy, uh, he was tweeting at Paul Felder because he didn't like how Paul Felder, you know, commented on his fight with Izzy. And then Paul Felder obviously tweeted back. Had to mute the comment on the... Wait, is this this is new? Right after 266, yeah. Okay. Because he was a commentator on 266. Had to mute the comment on the fights. Can't stand Felder. Worst to ever do it. And then Felder, of course... Am I using too many big words? I'm sorry, Marvin. Mm -hmm. You're just a puppet, that's all. Why? Because I have a job or because I called it like it was in your last fight? Facts. It's not even about me. Yeah, it is. You're a double face. <laughs> you have no problems calling a fight one side when it's really not and would go out of your way to back your opinions up with lies that you know are lies. But you keep lying. I guess people love it nowadays. Paul says, Paul, we got to change your after pick. I have no idea what's going on there. Um, Paul says, well, I'll do, I'll, I'll do my best not to do that October 23rd. I think you're a talented fighter, Marvin. I don't mean to upset you, but I call what I see. If you don't like it, that's not my job. Talk soon. I think that was about it, yeah. I'm sure Marvin didn't, um, yeah, he didn't like threaten him or anything. No. 
It's usually where they go. Yeah, guys get upset all the time. Mm-hmm. You, 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 Marvin, did you think you won that fight? I think he said he, he thought he did, yeah. That's insane. I know, I good, know. God bless him. Yep. Ignorance is bliss. Um, you already talked about Holloway Yair. Is he fucking 2.0 USA style? <laughs> Dude, you start drinking that LA water. Listen, that's the other thing. People are like, oh, I want to move to LA, the water, blah, blah, blah. Dude, the water turns us into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, bro. If you can handle the water here, your immune system, dude, you get stronger, faster. That's another reason to move to LA. Our tap water, lit as fuck. All right? It's one shade better than the water in Detroit, but it will make you a fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle if you can handle it. Look at me, dude. Look at me. Have you ever read that tap water is supposed to be safer than regular water because there's more restrictions on it? Right in LA, though, I think everywhere, yeah, really. Oh, wait, certain areas obviously you, have you know, the water. tap. This is shout out to my hometown, but I uh used to drink from the hose in the garden, nothing better on a hot summer day, all over your body, fire as fuck. But, anyways, uh, you know that the tap water in Colorado is because they it, the treatment's so good and so pure from the Colorado River, it's better than bottled water. There's no reason to buy bottled water in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Suck these Dasani nuts. How about that? <laughs> Fiji, suck my Colorado dick. How about that? Mm-hmm. Save your money. Save plastic. Just drink the water out of the tap in Colorado, baby. That water's so goddamn fresh. I gotta try it. I can't wait to be in Colorado, man. Um, all right. Like I said, you already talked about Yair, Yair and Max Holloway. So it's going to be a UFC fight night on November 13th. Where at? Vegas. Headline Yair. Max about to beat that ass. About to be that ass. November 13th. Mm-hmm. Is that a Saturday night? I don't know. Am I in town November 13th? I'd love if they'd done like a Wednesday. Saturday. Yeesh, I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the 11th through the 13th, I'm in Dallas. God damn it. I got to tell jokes. Yep. Yep. Not here. God damn it. That's all right. We'll figure it out. All right. All right. So Misha Tate's second fight. Is called off now because she tested positive for COVID-19. That's a bummer. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Shit happens. Uh, Mark Hunt went off on Dana White again because you know the lawsuit he had with them before? Oh, is it still popping? So it was, I, I guess the courts didn't take it the first time, but then yep. the appeal, they won the appeal. So it's still going to go through. Okay. It's about him fighting Brock Lesnar while UFC, Dana White, and they Lorenzo, knew he was on steroids. Yeah, yeah. still let it go on. Yeah. You don't talk about guys never done PDs. His name would be Mark Hunt. <laughs> and here he is. He goes pretty hard. Like I said, some good news here today. Isn't that right? What's you swallow, bro? High court news, baby. High court, high court. I'm a motherfucking gangster, baby. And like I said before, long time ago, that rusty fork is going into your fucking eyeballs. You and your little pussy friends. I'm going to get you, motherfucker. I'm going to get your bitch ass. I remember me and him were DMing to fight each other. I was like, God, I kind of hope it doesn't work out. <laughs> All right, so RDA is now injured. Because oh, you're man. supposed to fight Islam Makachev? Yeah. That was oh, Makachev's coming out party. Yeah. Terrible injury. Oh, man, that's a bummer. With his knee. I'm already walking without crutches in 10 days, and he'd be able to sparring. I'm a fighter. I always want to fight. We already told the UFC what happened. By the way, the UFC was great at play, paying for my surgery, but of course I can't decide alone. I have to hear from my trainer, my doctors, my physiotherapist. I must take the final decision one week. All right. So but, yeah, the update is the it's already is, off. Yeah, and then... for sure it's off. Islam's gonna fight. What's up? Who's gonna fight fucking Islam? What up here? October 30th, so not what do you got? About five weeks? And then this is Islam talking to. I don't believe that you're injured again. Hashtag chicken, chicken fever. fever. 
Ooh. I'm thinking he's talking about Khabib, yeah. right? Do you really think I'd fake a surgery? I agree. Dos Andrews definitely injured. Coming out of another terrible injury, unlike you, I have a family that depends on me. I don't have another man paying my bills. Mm-hmm. That's a little subtle jab at Khabib paying for his bills. Apparently, Khabib just like fucking swims in his money in Dagestan and then drives a fucking like Toyota Tundra. So, oh, that was on the dude. What a, this fucking yeah. nightmare. This yep. this card is a nightmare. Hopefully, Jan and Glover don't. Nobody gets hurt in that. Although my boy would get called on. <laughs> I know up. you want that dime piece Spartan yeah. get called on up from Poland. Peter Jan probably fight my boy from Aurora. Corey the Sandman Sandahagen. Uh, you have Ozdemir, great. Makachev will get an opponent. Hopefully. Tibera, Volkov. Hamzat, Lee, Hamzat, Lee Lang, that's boy, a dope Jing-Lang, one. Jing-Lang, Jing-Lang, Jing-Lang. All right. And another one to be. Walt Harris tied to Avast is a fun one. Yeah. It's a bummer too, though. Yeah, it is. I want them both to win. Me too. Here's a quick one. Matt Brown is set to face Brian Barbarina. I thought Brian was supposed to fight our boy uh, Sugar Sean. Um, no. Right? Is he? I know Sugar Sean just recently called out uh, Dominic Cruz for December 11th. I'm in for that. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Brian Barberino was going to get Sugar Sean? That's weird. Matt Brown mm-hmm. versus uh, Brian Barberino is a great fight. Yeah. And here's a quick one, another one. It says 2014, Sean O'Malley shaves his eyebrows for 50 bucks. And I didn't think that was him at first, but then now I'm looking at Warren. It's got to be him. Uh, yeah, you just had that terrible chest tattoo covered up. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that's him because look at the tattoo on his left. But I think it's a mirror. You know what I mean? Oh, so I flip feel it around. Like covered that up. Yeah, too. and this is like a, a pretty big website or a pretty big MMA Instagram, WWL MMA. I mean, yeah, the guy probably needed 50 fucking bucks, man. <laughs> I know. It just, it just did day. not look like him, but I guess that's him. Talk about a come up. I know, dude. Way cooler looking now, right? Super cool now. Really grew into his body. And his face, too. Yeah. Yeah. Facial hair helped. All right, I think now it's just the fights. You got UFC Fight Night this Saturday. Thiago Santos versus Johnny Walker. 4 p.m. U- 4 p.m. Pacific. Ooh, Pacific time. That means I'll be able to see this before I go on stage in Denver, Colorado. Comedy Works this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mom, I'm coming home. Uh, Thiago Santos, Johnny Walker is a fucking banger. Uh, Johnny Walker just, since that injury, man, since he did the worm, he's just never been I know, the same. dude. Thiago Santos, yes, falling in hard times, but he's fallen against the hardest of the hard at light heavyweight. I would assume Thiago Santos is the favorite, but that is a great fucking fight. Not a chance that goes to the judges. Judges, kick rocks. Go get a coffee during the main event. We don't need you for this one. Kevin Holland back in action, rooting for him. Uh, Alex Oliveira, Nico Price, be your fight of the night. Um, Jocko Misha is a great fight. Aspen Ladd, Massey, Chies on. Shevchenko's dime piece sister. Is it older sister? I think it's a younger sister. Yeah, still a dime piece. Cool, man. That's Saturday night. I'd assume Theo Santos is the favorite there. Bellator, this is a great fight. You got Friday. Lima versus MVP2 Friday. That's at the Wembley in the United Kingdom. Uh, I think MVP can get it done this time. I really do. I think he can get it done. The God, Dear God, Bellator needs him to get it done. He has all the potential to be their breakout fighter, which they're looking for. He has he checks every box. He could be the guy. I think he gets it done against Douglas Lima. Wow. I'll say via KO. Tough, tough task. Bold prediction. Yeah, definitely. And just a quick one. Teofimo Lopez versus Cambosos. Monday, October 4th. Monday. Monday? Monday? Monday. Weird. Yeah. 
Truly. Monday. All right. Well, no feel FOMO. <laughs> Monday. Monday. Weird. Yeah. Is that it? I think that's it. All right, kids. That's it, man. Thanks for listening. Denver, Mama, I am coming home. I have your tickets, Mama. Comedy Works Downtown Denver is this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. One show Thursday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. One of my favorite club owners, uh, owners, Wendy, runs that bad boy. It's a great club. I can't wait to see all my friends, do all the press. Uh, I get in town on Thursday, so I see everybody in Denver Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then next week is Las Vegas, Nevada. Brand new club, Wise Guys in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's downtown Vegas for the locals. Supposed to be a great club, man. I can't wait to crack that cherry in Las Vegas, Nevada at Wise Guys, October 7th through the 9th. Brea, California, great improv. One, I think it might be the biggest improv, seats 550. Brea, California, Bray Improvs, October 15th through the 17th. Joe Coyd sold out like 18 shows, I think. Pretty crazy. Uh, but that is October 15th through the 17th, Brea, California. And then the big boy, I'll announce the news as we get closer. We're at Dallas, Texas, baby. I'm coming back, Texas. Can't get enough of you guys. Still doesn't mean you should move there, is he? Dallas, Texas, November 11th through November 13th. Dallas Improv. That is going to be one special weekend, kids. Special weekend. See you this weekend, Denver. Love you guys. Can't wait. My house city. Let's run this bitch. Her joke is just open up for me. Not a big deal. Tickets at FATKZ.com. And that's it. Be nice to each other. Stay thick. See you next time. I'm out. Every week is a smash hit with the NFL on CBS. Featuring games filled with drama, famous leading men, and the hottest young stars. We can't wait to see you this season on CBS.